0: There is a time and a place to unleash your tiger. Oh, my God, what are you doing? That wasn't it. Grown men lose their minds if they get a glimpse of Tiger Woods from 50 yards away. More pros, more courses, more golf, more game. Unleash your tiger. PGA Tour 2K23. Available now for Xbox, PlayStation and PC. What a save
1: from Mark Howard. So I used to always go to summer camps, but then one year I wanted to do a goalkeeping one. I also played in net for the school once, got beat 9-0 by the... <laughs> Top of the list. Top of the list. He was like, as long as I can get you in, car, you're, you're the number one. I was like, do keep Declan Rice to the side. <laughs> played at Old Trafford on a charity day. Um, amazing experience, but they, they, did, they left the grass a little bit longer. Ball came to at the edge of the box. And, you know, you just see it, don't you? Just see your naming lights. Oh, it's amazing. It's, a, it's fantastic to see Liverpool struggle. Sal is probably not quite doing it. Van Dijk's got the chip on his shoulder. He's not as good as he was. Like, the summer was always then just six weeks of 36 holes a day. I got down from four to scratch within about three months and then just turned pro. Football and golf has got massive synergy. I I had a part-time job. <laughs> <laughs> Says a guy that lived in Dubai. <laughs> oh, it was personal. Don't speak to me. I'll see you at the end. Uh, <laughs> Canelo so he just this was Canelo just before he went into his training camp for Triple G two up after two I was thinking whitewash yeah uh, I see this lad off early door <laughs> <laughs> I was shaking when I was putting him why back are you on. crying <laughs> there's trees down the left or horses down the right yeah. he was like oh no I played with played at Teddy Sheringham a couple of times in Dubai I used to um, I used to always listen to Eminem 8 Mile always <laughs> I don't know exactly. so <laughs> strange What a save from
2: Mark Howard. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Yours Mine Away podcast with me, Mark Howard and producer Ben. Today we've got a very special episode with a slightly different guest than normal. Please check out the YouTube channel and watch me take on a top golfer and what we're going to call goalie Vite golfer. Today's guest is a professional golf coach and golf content creator. Please welcome Andy Carter.
1: Thanks for having me. Looking forward to it.
2: Thanks for coming on, mate.
1: Slightly different guest than normal. What's wrong with me?
2: You're not an actual, (laughs) no background in football that we
1: know of yet. Ah, well, you'll be surprised. Strap (laughs) yourself in.
2: So clearly, as I love my golf as much as I do football, we're going to take a look at some of the comparisons to make football compared to golf and the similarities that might incur. By the way, for his sins, Karts is a Man United fan.
1: Only the best, mate. Only the best.
2: Let's start with some goalkeeping stuff then. Best ever Man United goalkeeper?
1: Schmeichel. Schmeichel. Easy as that? Straight. Well, obviously, van der Saar's a, a very, very close second. But Schmeichel, I think, it's just the earliest recollection of football has always been the Great Dane.
2: Just That's you the, growing up?
1: Just, yeah, growing up. Even at one point uh, during my, like, kind of football obsession when I was younger, I actually wanted to be a goalkeeper as well. I used to have the goalkeeper kit. Remember that white... A white one with like diamonds on it, yeah. Like the white, the yeah, white yeah, kit. The black and red on it, yeah. He used to have the green kit as well, yeah. He used to absolutely love Schmeichel,
2: yeah. He made some iconic saves yeah. and that. He was a big fan's favorite just because he how big he was.
1: There was that one on the billboard, it's always the billboard, wasn't it, he, where he's kind of palmed it out from the top corner, yeah. Yeah, the guy's an absolute legend. He would literally, I was just, I was always a striker growing up, and to make you want to go in goal, that's how good he was, yeah.
2: <laughs> have you ever played in goal yourself, <laughs>
1: yes. Yes, I actually went on, United used to do these summer camps, so I used to always go to summer camps, but then one year I wanted to do a goalkeeping one, no idea why, but I also played in net for the school once, got beat 9-0. By a, <laughs> 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 I did have like a, I had like, it was one of those typical, when we were younger, I went in, went in net every single day in the playground, nothing got past me, <laughs> goalkeeper couldn't make it to the, the school team match, and they'd go in net, yeah, we shit 9
2: <laughs> never again. You're scared of the ball. was that your last ever yeah. experience yeah never again have you have you kept playing football up until t- today do you still play at anything
1: um i would say i probably stopped a couple of years ago i did my cruciate in my left knee about 10 years ago so i've always still tried to keep playing so we, i was just come back from dubai so we used to play every week over there but then it would just ache after like after after an hour
2: that was in the heat on the AstroTurf as well, yeah, wasn't
1: it? Yeah, yeah, not the ideal surface. I yeah. used to wear, like, proper studs on AstroTurf. <laughs> you just feel everything. You just feel everything. Um, but, yeah, I love, loved playing. I used to do, still do, like, fitness, football-specific fitness training when I, when I was over there as well. So, yeah, everything for me outside of golf is just football obsessed. Yeah,
2: obviously, we know, both know the same person that you're talking about here, Chris Bowman. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's notorious in Dubai now. He's made he a really good career out there of keeping footballers fit.
1: Yeah, um, he's, he's done unbelievable. Obviously, he's looking at he looks after quite a lot of Premiership players, loads of Championship lads. I suppose everybody in the off season, and and me, and you, yeah, <laughs> top of the list. Top of the list. He was like, as long as I can get you in Carter, you're the you're the number one. I was like, fine. Do you keep Declan Rice to the side? <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, back to Man United uh, yeah. and football. You've played at Old Trafford.
1: Yes, I played at Old Trafford on a charity day. Um, amazing experience, but they they did they left the grass a little bit long. So tough on protecting the, old, the tough pitch. on the old legs, yeah. But yeah, we were full full pitch, end to end, fifteen minutes, three minute matches. I mean, yeah, unbelievable experience.
2: And no, no goals. No
1: goals. No. I did. <laughs> I got. I got an opportunity, and I bottled it. We had a we were like defending a corner. It was like one of those typical like a typical United counter attack. Yeah, but. Really slow version of it, probably. <laughs> <laughs> it felt fast at the time. but felt like I was sprinting, but it looked like I was probably treading sand. Um, ball came to me at the edge of the box. And you know, you just see it, don't you? You just see your name in lights. Uh, <laughs> I passed it. it. Absolute <laughs> bottled job. bottled it. <laughs> as a striker as well, I was like, absolutely bottled it, yeah. And the, the other lad stuck it in Rosehead instead of me. Oh, fair enough. I i let someone else do it. Let <laughs> someone else embarrass <laughs> yeah, themselves. Exactly, yeah. Why would I do it? So that's, that moment has always kind of lived on with me.
2: It must have been amazing, obviously, being a Man United fan yeah. to play at Old Trafford.
1: Yeah, the whole experience of like changing the change, getting changed in the change rooms, lining up in the tunnel. We came out to the, I, think, I can't remember if it was the Champions League music they kind of brought us out to or something. Like just, <laughs> no pressure then. Just mega. Like, just stood there going, oh, yeah, this is amazing. Like, so exciting. But I had six, my only regret, well, my second regret is I had like six months leading up to it. I didn't train. I should have been like, I should have been getting my fitness up. And like, So those three 15-minute matches absolutely ended me. Yeah. So maybe if I was fitter, more aware, more like mentally switched on.
2: Took it in a bit more, I'd the have whole top, experience. I'd
1: cushioned it, curled it into the top corner, just wheeled away. <laughs> just stood <laughs> <well, just, laughs> there like Cantona. Just, just looked up, just looked around at the crowd. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, what are your expectations for Man United, especially under Ten Hag at the moment? Uh, Ronaldo's kicking off.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's so frustrating to see Ronaldo do that. And I don't know... Obviously, there's so much. There's probably so much that goes on behind the scenes we obviously have absolutely no idea about, and you kind of take a lot of it with a pinch of salt of what you hear, especially in the press. But he's come in and just he has changed. Like I keep hearing pundits kind of saying, "Oh, they look the exact same as they did under Solsha and under um, Rania." Kind of like they, they don't. They do look better. They look a bit more organised. They look a bit hungrier. Are they they they're clearly when we when we played City, there's absolutely a gulf of class difference. Like it's massive. But then when we play Spurs, who are being tipped to Challenge City, we look we were way better than Spurs. Yeah, you were, yeah. So we are kind of just in that I'd like third, fourth, fifth sort of thing. I, I think there's a
2: lot of teams this year in that same boat. I think Man City have just blown everyone away yeah, and yeah. will do for the rest of the season. We then hollered, you've got though. Arsenal trying to bridge the gap, yeah. but everybody else is just much of a muchness.
1: Well, Arsenal have done unbelievable, aren't they? Obviously Arteta has been like pit for the sack last this time last season yeah. or something like that. And then you've got uh, it's amazing, it's, a, it's fantastic to see Liverpool struggle. Gosh, it's just the best thing ever.
2: Tr- Spoken like a true Man United <laughs> fan. <laughs> it's
1: just, sorry, Eddie, no, no, I'm not sorry, the Liverpool fans. Um, They are struggling, it's it's bizarre to see. They never replaced Mane, Salah's probably not quite doing it. Van Dijk's got the chip on his shoulder, he's not as good as he was. I
2: think it's the midfield at the moment, I just don't think that they've got that pressing culture no. at the club anymore. Since they left, Uh, Wijnaldum left. Yeah. I think that everything since then has been a bit slower in... The way they play. And that's obviously highlighted in the way they defend now because they haven't got that box to box runner anymore. Yeah.
1: Do you think it is do you think arrogance ever plays a bit of a part in it? It's like we're we are that good now, we can just take out we can drop down a gear.
2: I, I think it's... that other teams work you out a lot more than you think. Yeah. So I think that Klopp's culture was brilliant for four or five years. But yeah. obviously people become tactically aware of yeah. what's happening and then how to counteract that. And they start looking more at your flaws instead of looking at how good you are. Yeah, And I think that's all it is. I think that City haven't got many flaws at the moment. So it's hard to work out what to do against them.
1: It's almost, it's almost unfair how good they are, isn't it?
2: Yeah, especially with Haaland there. Uh, let's get back to golf then. Uh, can you talk about your introduction to playing golf?
1: Yeah, weird one really. I was all, again, football obsessive. So it was always football growing up. Um, and then just one of my mates just literally said he tried golf, enjoyed it. Let's go to the driving range and just kind of kept on going to the range, started getting golf lessons, joined a, joined the golf club. And then that's your, that's your summer. Like the summer was always then just six weeks of 36 holes a day. Was you all right off the
2: bat? Were you good from sort of day one or did it?
1: Um, of... it was, I don't know. Like my first ever handicap was 22. So that's good from the start. I would probably say that's not bad, is it from the, from the start? Um, but I mean I was never when I went to even when going up to college, I was never that good. I never played for county, I never played county level. I was probably quite a late developer in terms of actually getting good. I got down from four to scratch within about three months and then just turned pro. So I never really had like what you'd call a a great amateur career or anything like that. I was always I'd turn up to events off like a twelve or eight to twelve handicap when I was like in my teens and do pretty well, win a few win a few away events and stuff like that. But just was always okay at it. I thought, I, would, I wouldn't say, I, I've got so many mates that were like, yeah, I played county level when I was 16, up to 18. I'm like, oh, I didn't. I'm miles <laughs> off it. Was you um, still
2: playing football then and always, playing yeah, golf? Yeah,
1: it was always, yeah, I was still playing football. I, I literally only stopped playing football probably two or three years ago. So I pretty much, bar, the, bar doing my cruise shit, I pretty much always played 11 a side and, so that was that was probably at the the forefront again up until about sixteen, and then sixteen to twenty, you, you, all the um, all the extracurricular activities take over, <laughs> especially going to college and that. Yeah, uh, you, you went to a, an agricultural college
2: that specialised in sports as yeah. well, uh, Co., which I currently live quite close to, so I know it well. I've I've actually joined that course a few years ago during lockdown, but that must have been an amazing experience at sixteen, moving away, going to play golf and learn but play golf predominantly
1: yeah i mean what are my parents thinking well I sending a 16 <laughs> 16 a 16 year old away to to live away um but yeah it was there was an amazing experience it's, you know what I, I always look back at it and just go golf aside it was a massive life experience because you're just suddenly not fearful of like putting yourself out there and doing and doing different things so the minute i turned pro i just moved to dublin like didn't know anybody there just just went got a job got offered a job in like reading and dublin i was like oh Dublin sounds like good good fun. Let's go out there. And the same with Dubai. Once I got offered a job in Dubai, so literally jumped on a plane and went. So I've all, kind of always had that mentality now. I think and it kind of stems from being there. So although my school was amazing golf-wise, it was way better just like life, life-wise. That,
2: that's similar to football though. Obviously, I've I've spoken about in the past that I've went out on loan and the first loan I got was at 18. I went to Scotland. I moved to Falkirk on, on my own pretty much. Uh, and from that I just developed into it like my own person I got my yeah. own character and it, it weren't like I was being mothered at home no but I, I just decided look I want to do this and I, I never went back home really I just went on a venture on, on my own and with my missus
1: yeah you probably see that with a lot of football as well don't you obviously going out on loan and stuff and learn learn the craft you kind of you've probably grown up grown up in one place but then football and you've had obviously different clubs as well you can go to You could literally be all over the country.
2: That's it. Football contracts generally are one, two year contracts so that you get used to just picking up all your stuff and moving to the other side of the country or moving to another country. And Mm. it's just normal now.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's good though, isn't it? It's exciting.
2: That's the thing. It is exciting. You get a a, a much bigger take on life. Yeah. And it's not just about your own development in that sport. Like you're saying in golf, you just moved to Dublin on on the off chance that you thought it would be a good experience. Yeah,
1: yeah even recently we just moved back from we've just moved back from Dubai and moved, into, moved to Bristol I don't know anybody in Bristol didn't know any of the golf courses and it's just kind of like right okay this is my life now let's let's figure it out and it's like oh it's a great move it's been it's been really fun and you just find all these different golf courses meeting all these new people playing golf with people you obviously weren't there's a couple of lads that I know now in Bristol that I didn't even know lived in Bristol <laughs> like you speak to them on Instagram and chatting away and now suddenly you can, you're kind of inundated with people to play golf with at different golf courses and it's like, oh, this is, this is class. Your
2: network's opened up from moving about. Yeah, those. yeah,
1: yeah, big time, yeah. I feel like the net, my network really is kind of, it's huge. If someone said to me, Andy, if I want to go to Ireland, where would I go and play? I was like, oh, I know the golf pro, I'll give him a shout for you. And same with, same with Dubai. We've got a travel company now in Dubai as well. It's like, we can tell you exactly where to go. If you go Manchester, so if you said to me, I want to play golf in Manchester tomorrow, I could probably call 10 pros for you. So like, it's just nice having that network and I suppose it's, they, call, they can call me for stuff, we can call them for stuff. And that's the, probably the same with the football network is like, you know, people in so many different areas. Yeah,
2: in so many different fields, obviously like, uh, us two knowing each other, but yeah. like you're saying about you, you, Dubai and stuff, you and Chris Bowman have created a great network out in Dubai and you obviously help footballers go out there and do golf trips and stuff. I know you've got some stuff on during the World Cup, which will be amazing.
1: yeah. Yeah, we've got um, we've got golf trips on during during the World Cup, it's kind of the, and it kind of coincides with the the race to Dubai as well. So we look after, we just book tee times for for guys that are coming out. Load of the load of the footballers kind of used to message me through Chris, um, in, during the off season during the summer to try and get some golf in. So used to kind of. So again, we me and Chris's um, net, network has kind of grown for for both of us. It helps his business as well because he can kind of say like, if you want some golf, his. Here's his, his Andy's his number for me as well. If people are coming out, like speak to Chris if you need, if you've got any, even my, a lot of my clients actually, even just coming out there for golf would use Chris for like rehab. A bit of top-up. Or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. For like in, he's obviously injury prevention specialist, isn't he? So he was, he was great for all that. So again, it's just how a network, football and golf has got massive synergy. I know footballers are obsessed with golf and us, we're obsessed with football. Yeah, it's crazy <laughs> that, that, that
2: flip of it, that we get a lot of spare time uh, Obviously, our days off are typically Sundays and Wednesdays, so we love to get out and play golf. But on a normal day, we hope to be finished by two o'clock in the afternoon, which is crazy to... Some life, isn't it? Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, it's not not too bad.
1: I wish I had a part-time job. (laughs) (laughs) There's a guy that lived in Dubai, (laughs) coaching. Uh,
2: Obviously, today, uh, we've done a little bit of filming ourselves and uh, I've had you out uh, playing golf in a pair of goalie gloves and that. But how did you get into making content for YouTube?
1: Um, probably quite a well-known creator now, Rick Shields. Um, he, he kind of set the, set the trend. I used to work, he's, he's, we've been mates since college. He got me a coaching job back in Manchester when I moved back from Dublin. So I've all, we've always kind of worked together, always being really good mates. And
2: He's got 2.4 million subs.
1: Yeah, he's doing decent. That is unreal. Very, very, I, think, I think that's very a bit more good. than decent. He's, it? <laughs> yeah, he's doing very, very good. Yeah, he's absolutely killed it. I remember like on his first ever like course vlog it was me versus him at royal rhythm
2: so you're taking the credit
1: so i'm taking the credit i was like i, I, I got the ball rolling that's the that was the clincher
2: if it wasn't for you no, if it
1: wasn't for me he would have crashed and burned uh, no I'm, I'm only joking rick uh, sorry rick, sorry um yeah no he's absolutely killed it and seeing how he's kind of seeing how he's grown and the work the work ethic he's put into it has been unbelievable for me i've just always enjoyed doing it because i just enjoyed playing with the lads it's actually a good buzz to do it on camera and it's good fun. It's a good laugh to kind of be out there and watch some of the shots back good and bad um I've always more enjoyed the what we get out of it from that perspective rather than thinking of it as a, as like a business. Now I think of it as a business because I've kind of moved into it more kind of well I've moved into it full time
2: That's since you've moved back from dubai you're trying to produce more stuff more content yeah
1: yeah i mean we had a we had a baby in April and she had open heart surgery on day nine, and it's one of those things. As a golf, when you're doing full time golf coaching, I was out from probably seven a.m. till eight nine p.m. Life perspective changes, doesn't it? You have got a family, misses at home, babies at home. You want to be, you want to be at home a little bit more. So, thankfully, YouTube has given me the opportunity to to do that. And also now I still coach, but I just coach on a on an app called Skillist. So I do loads of online, and actually, it's one of those where I, when I first joined it, I was like, "I'm not sure about this remote coaching. Is it? Is it a bit of a bluff?" But actually, it's unbelievable. I've actually, I've seen some of the biggest swing changes and improvements in someone's game through that. Than I almost saw doing one-to-one lessons. It's bizarre. I do. I have. Yeah, I have a couple of guys that I do on like a Zoom lesson. Um, other guys will send me their their swing videos. I'll do an analysis of the swing um obviously I get a bit of a background on like the 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 good parts of the game and what they struggle with and the bad shots and the the strikes etc do an analysis and then I'll also send them a video back of me talking to the camera and demonstrating some of the stuff that I want to change and why we want to change it um and the drills that can help them change it but I feel like it's actually so much more specific whereas sometimes when you're in a golf lesson you just stood there you're chatting away for an hour and sometimes you can go off on a bit of a tangent and you're just chatting and Whereas this is just just pure information. The overall content they receive back is probably about 15 minutes worth of content. So they go to the range, everything's logged on their phone, they, they watch the video back. Because again, if you've... I've not even had a golf lesson before, but yeah. <laughs> when you go for a le- if you go for a lesson and you're there for an hour with somebody, we can only really retain about 5 or 10% of what's actually happened in that hour. So unless you get a really detailed video of exactly what's happened, gone anyway
2: also you getting sent the information you can break it down more and give them more pointers and they can refer back to it instead of just keep turning up for a lesson once a week Mm. and then forgetting that stuff going back to remember it
1: yeah yeah there was nothing worse than being in a lesson and the person is we almost have to repeat last week's lesson because they either haven't practiced that much or they didn't really fully listen to everything that you'd done although they understood it they just didn't fully process it whereas this now they can literally even if they're not practicing, can watch it at home. It's only if it's a 10 minute video just to kind of read. And a lot of the guys really do it. Like they constantly, I'll get guys, I've got a couple of subscribers, so they kind of like, they can use me 24 um, 7. They'll just, they'll be in the living room, just send me a video from the living room, go, I'm just having a quick, is that the right feel? I'm like, I just sound yep, yeah, perfect, carry on. And it's like so much more interactive. So, yeah, so it's, it's been amazing actually. Like, you,
2: you must have had some funnier videos as well though. Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> one, one, guy, yeah.
1: one guy sent me a video with his kid holding his leg as he's thinking, his golf swing. I was like, man, come on, you got to send me a proper golf swing. I mean, that's, that's, that's health and safety for a start. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: was thinking they might be sending you underwear ones as well. <laughs>
1: you got, to, I have, yeah, one guy did, to be fair, he just stood there in his, a pair of, in his indoor simulator at home, like no top on, no shoes, just like, just his shorts. I'm like,
2: not best. <laughs> you draw the line in. <laughs> Come on, pal. Yeah. <laughs> Don't need to see that. <laughs> so, with the content, you've travelled around loads, and you've been to some great courses. Uh, what are the best courses you've played? Best experiences you've had? And
1: this this summer has been outside of everything that's happened with our baby. This summer has been unbelievable for golf for me. Like, I I'm fortunate enough that I am kind of really good mates with Pete Finch, Rick Shields, and. Matt Fryer, they open up doors and they want, they want me there to kind of, or well, we all kind of create content together. So we've had some amazing opportunities. Um, I mean, this summer through my sponsor as well, Reflow Clothing, we've been, to, we've been to New York, went to Liberty National, covered the Icon Series, which was just surreal. Like the, the team, the Icon Series, is basically iconic sporting athletes of the rest of the world versus the US. On the rest of the world team, we had like Harry Kane, James Milner, who I battered over three holes. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was fun. And my intro to the first was like, "He's ex Leeds, he's ex City, he's, he. he's, he's current Liverpool." Never waited to beat someone so much in my life.
2: <laughs> it was personal.
1: Oh, it was personal. Don't speak to me. I will see you at the end. <laughs> <laughs> um, Harry Kane was there like Canelo, so he just this was Canelo just before he went into his training camp for Triple G. Um, load of, like, Ash Barty, who just retired from tennis, cricket, cricketers, Ricky Ponting, A.B. De Villiers, Some Brian trip. Lara, like, it's unbelievable. Um, and then following that, Ladies Scottish Open, um, we've done trips up to Turnbury, Prestwick, Troon, Turn- Turnbury's best golf course on the planet so far. That's just incredible yeah yeah
2: just everything about it just the whole experience the
1: whole experience from start to finish yeah the golf course every even compared hole. to
2: playing football at Old Trafford
1: nah nah football all day <laughs> <laughs> it, will always, it will always be football first <laughs> yeah
2: it must be some experiences that go in around obviously I've played at some big stadiums and that but I still get an absolute thrill of trying to tick off some of the top golf courses in the youth in the UK I've, I'm, I love a Lynx golf course and yep. that and I've done most of the, uh, the West Coast, up and down, like Liverpool, Form B, Livam. I've nice. tried to tick all of them sort of ones off. And I find that it's so much more challenging.
1: It's proper golf. It is proper golf. Once that wind gets up and you're trying to figure out how the, how the ball is going to react, sometimes it takes a massive bounce, sometimes it's a soft bounce. You, just, it, you just, it's a bit. Of, some people don't like it because it's a bit more kind of potluck. But, but I mean, people think, oh, the bad bounce, it's a long rough and stuff, but it's just such a, pro- it's just such a good challenge. It's proper ball strikers. If you're a really good ball striker, you'll, you'll enjoy links as well.
2: well I don't know why I enjoy it then.
1: So <laughs> you struck it. You ripped it out there today. Yeah.
2: Well, let's get talk about our challenge. And we played a six hole challenge. Uh, you took a pretty convincing early lead. So right. I tried to even the odds and make you wear a pair of goalie gloves for the last few holes, which definitely helped my game.
1: It did. It did to be fair. I mean, I started really well. I, st- I I I went I went two up early doors, didn't I? Two up after two, I was thinking, ah, whitewash. Yeah. Uh, see this lad off early doors. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then once the goalie gloves went on, it was lost both holes. <laughs> <laughs> you actually did lose both holes. Yeah.
2: You actually struck struck it quite well. I did all right
1: actually. Uh, yeah. I the was par surprised. Three pulled it fair bit. Yeah. The par three was a dodgy one. The I, the, par, the shot I hit on the par three was what I expected to hit every shot, but thankfully the first hole I just managed to wing it down there. But yeah, I mean, I was it was. Um, they they felt so strange. Let's talk nice about sense. gloves
2: then. While we do this, let's let's do a glove review. Okay. This is Matt Smith, and this is the glove
0: review on the Yours Mine Away podcast.
2: Go on. Talk talk us through what wearing goalie gloves feels like to someone that's not put on a pair since they were what twelve years old.
1: Not put on a pair since we lost nine <laughs> <laughs> nil. I was shaking when I was putting them on. Why back are you on. crying? <laughs> Sorry, lads. <laughs> um, they were to be fair out there. It was free. It was pretty cold. It was it was raining. They were quite nice to put on at the start, but then I couldn't. You can't grip a club. I mean, they're just absolutely massive. Aren't they? the fingers too fat? Sausage yeah, fingers. Just I couldn't figure out whether to interlock or overlap it or baseball grip it. Um, and I thought they'd be waterproof. And you were like, nah, they're not. So when I went to dry my seat on the buggy, I used the goalie glove thing, i just get rid of it all. <laughs> he put his fingers in one of the
2: holes It was full of water, and he was like, oh, they're not waterproof. <laughs> sounds freezing. No, they're latex, they absorb water, mate.
1: So I always see like keepers like spitting on the gloves, I thought that's for grip.
2: No, so when it's dry, you want slightly sticky gloves. Uh, and then when it's wet, you are desperate to dry them out. So that's why ah. in it, when it's pouring down, goalies notoriously put a towel in the back of their goal or... So you want them to be damp.
1: Oh, okay. So you want them for, damp.
2: Uh, yeah. Right. It it also depends on what gloves you're wearing. So most gloves now are kind of an aqua hybrid, right. where they're slightly better, a little bit damp, and right. they last better. Okay. Uh, so yeah, that Longevity. you don't want them soaking wet because you just can't feel your own fingers. Is it not this detailed in the glove um, world for golf? I mean, do, is it just sort of one? Do you get do you have your, your premiums and yeah? Your... Yeah,
1: you've got your pre- you've got your premiums um, cab bretta cabretta, leather, and then you've kind of got your all-weather gloves. So the ones that there, there is a there is a glove from FootJoy that the wetter it gets, the grippier it gets. Um, and you can have two, you wear, wear two you gloves wear in two, the winter. Yeah. yeah, I can't do that one. Actually, to be fair, after today, I think I might start. Yeah, uh, <laughs> actually, after
2: his first drive in the goalie gloves, he went, I could do this.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm happy with that. I was decent. I was thinking, all you could see down the right-hand side was horses. Horses. I was like, which one am I going to take out here? There's trees down the left or horses down the right. Yeah. He was like, oh, no. Either way, the ball's like getting lost, but yeah, straight down the middle. But yeah, there's, there's a, it's probably, I presume it's the same in football. There's a massive array of like options.
2: There is loads of options. Obviously... Every brand does their own slight take on it. They've all got their own technology made in slightly different factories. And it will be the same with golf equipment that everything, everyone's looking for that 1% better product. Yeah. Uh, and you all look for your own personal gains, but it's very much custom to what you like. Yeah. And that's one of the biggest things. That's why I gave you a total random pair, not my own pair. I just said, look, this is a pair I've pulled for you at random. See how you get on. Well, with your pair, I wouldn't have been able to quit the club, would I? No, because I've the spines through the fingers. Yeah, because I've got the spines on it, it would have been a lot harder. So I actually gave you a, a bit of a, a favour there.
1: I mean, it would have been there would have been no chance of being able to like, actually hold the golf club, to be fair. Yeah, no, you wouldn't have been. You wouldn't have been able to
2: grip it. You can't interlock with them. <laughs> Obviously, wearing gloves then, you find it really strange or was it like a, a comforting thing at first?
1: Comfort at first, horrendously strange. The minute you start gripping the club, you can't, yeah, you just can't feel anything. So you're just swinging on, actually just swinging on memory. So I was trying to like hold the club, get the club face straight and then just think about, not really moving too much and just turning my body.
2: Andy went the first few holes of coaching me to then end up coaching himself <laughs> yeah. while he had the glass on. He was talking to himself, prepping himself I before was, every shot.
1: Yeah, I was like, okay, use your body, use your shoulders, get your hips clear, the club face will look after itself. Just don't move it.
0: Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online
2: That your first official golf lesson, then is it? Yeah, I've never had one in my life. I I said this to Andy on the course that I've not had a golf lesson because I enjoy golf too much, Mm. and I don't want someone to tinker with what I do because that might take away the enjoyment. Where if I was to like football, if I when I when I get serious, I need that extra help. I need that coaching and where I'm going right and wrong, and to break that down for golf at the moment, I love it. I love it as a hobby.
1: It's just something. It's a total release, and. No, I think there's a, there is a massive misconception of kind of what you've said there as well because there's a, I always think there's like two ways of coaching. There's a oh, sorry. there's a there's always like a there's a way I can coach you to like remodel the golf swing and make it kind of what we would say long term more consistent, or there's a way we can kind of have a few little mental swing thoughts that don't change the swing that much but just help you kind of work on one or two things small and more specific like that shot we hit into four or five. Four, yeah it's like a 60 70 yard shot on the second hole you duffed it uh i did yes it's all on video thanks for bringing that up it's all on video divot went further than the ball uh (laughs) but then a couple of holes later we fixed it yeah because it gives you like when you're trying to hit like that little soft shot everybody stops their body from moving and they just start hitting it with their arms because that feels softer. You're trying to control the distance of the shot by the length of your arm swing. Whereas I was like, just get your arm swing short, but do a maximum rotation of the body. Almost still try and hit it hard using your body. And it went a bit far, but the strike was pure. So you take that, you take that idea and put it on. If, you, if you'd have used a 54 instead of a 50, that would have been perfect distance. Then suddenly you've got a 60 yard shot with a 54 degree with that one feeling. You could do a 58, 54, and 50 and suddenly get three distances with one golf swing. And that suddenly you've just kind of unlocked what, let's say, 40, 50, and 60 yard shots.
2: And then with naturally your approach plays better. You've got more opportunity to make par Birdie. Well, think about that second
1: hole. If you'd have done that second hole, you'd have won the hole. I would have won the hole, yeah. You would have won the hole. Wouldn't have gone two down. I haven't let that go yet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you
2: think there's, a, 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 with football, there's a correlation between coaching kids younger? Would well, it be the same with, with golf? You can break it down a lot more. You can start their journey a lot cleaner instead of them picking up bad habits along the way. In football, it's notorious that the younger that kids get into it, they can work on both feet. They can develop more because they're, they're more of a sponge. They take in the yeah. the information.
1: Yeah, they're definitely better at kind of adapting, and always like kind of fearless in how they actually try and learn as well you, you tell them to do something they'll, they'll, they'll pretty much be able to they'll, they'll do it and then learn how to do it with golf i think you start them off with literally like there's a golf club there's a golf ball hold it like this stand like this and figure it out hit some golf shots and then make some tiny little tweaks along the way and you'll find that they always they'll start your golf swing as a kid compared to an adult is so much different because you're you're not very you're obviously not strong as a kid so you use a lot more hands and arms and manipulation and then you try and grow out of that as you get older but your general movements kind of stay the same turn your shoulders turn your hips and if you learn that early on then it's it does stick with you i've got so many clients that have, will have played golf as a kid got to that age of 16 to 18 college uni girls and boys take over and then come back to it once they've kind of got a career established at the age of 28 30 or 30 plus and they go, yeah, I used to play when I was twelve, but I probably can't remember any of it. Step up, swing, and you go, yeah, you can, because it's, it's it's ingrained in your body. It's, you you've you've understood how to how to kind of make it work at an early age, like riding a bike. Li- yeah, it literally is, literally is. And you've got guys that are coming, to having a pl- start starting golf at thirty, thinking it's a great kind of social. My mates play. I've never played before, and they struggle a lot more because they start then trying to. They start trying to dissect it and figure it out and break it down so much because they've got no experience to fall back on. Whereas the guys that have played when they were kids just pick it up and go, oh, yeah, I remember this feeling. Bang. It's so different.
2: It's the same in football, though. When you're coaching kids, they're so much more receptive. They take on the information and they think Mm -hmm. about why you're telling them that stuff. Compared to a, a pro like myself now, you can only make what they do more efficient. Yeah. Uh, I suppose that would be the same in golf you you obviously analyzed my golf swing while I was playing, and you gave me a, a few tiny little pointers to just auto correct some of the the little flaws, but you 're never going to be able to totally change someone 's game unless they 're totally receptive of starting again
1: yeah i mean you would let 's say for if if you wanted to change your golf swing you you would you 'd have to kind of say right, I need to go to the driving range once twice a week, do these little drills at home and improve this and that. It takes a bit of a ded- it takes a, de- a dedication to change the technique, but like we did out there, we can just change the way you even approach a shot because we didn't change the type of shot you wanted to play. We didn't change the club. We just changed how you're going to hit it, not your technique, but just how you feel, and straight away is a better shot. And that's something then that can that can stay with you. And then straight away you you start thinking of ways to take off two or three shots around. It could be from better putting, better short game straight away. So you go from. Twelve handicap down to nine. Suddenly a single figure golfer, different level. So it's just it's breaking that barrier. Like you don't have to go from twelve to scratch. You don't need a scratch golfers golf swing. If there's such, if there's actually such thing, you just need to go. Okay, actually, I three putted four times. Let's get that down to twice. Twice is all right, really, because realistically, you're going to be having a lot of puts from outside of thirty feet. Yep. So statistically, you're going to three put unless you can roll everything inside of two foot. So it's kind of like, it's just trying to use the, it's just trying to break it all down a little bit more. Probably the same with, if you, it's probably the same with football in a way when you look when you're analysing stats, you're not trying to completely change the wheel. You're just trying to shave off a little bit of, a little bit of something or add something that kind of benefits the team a little bit more. And then suddenly it makes a massive difference over That's the course exactly of a the season or...
2: Yeah, it's exactly the same with stats. Uh, obviously, we have GPS data and everything like that that tracks you. And they'll they'll tell you if you're not running enough in the first half that second half you need to improve that sort of stuff and United <laughs> keeps coming back to United. <laughs> but yeah, now we have data saying that the crosses aren't coming in enough from the left mm. or the right and everything gets broken down to your your total distance run, the amount of high velocity sprints that you do and there's so much data now that can improve in all aspects of mm. your you, the job that it just it helps develop the person that you're coaching it
1: it makes i mean i love that one i can't remember united were playing but when they got found out was it brentford actually and they got they, they got found out in terms of the running stats yep. and they had to go in the next day and run 13 kilometers because that's yeah. how far behind brentford they were but it's amazing it'd be interesting to see the stats since that game if they even just go up three or four kilometers a game how that affects the overall outcome and we got battered four 0. I mean, like, yeah. Go, go and give everyone go and give us an extra couple of kilometres, and suddenly we we start winning.
2: Uh, can we talk about some celebrity golfers that you've played with? Obviously, you've you've name dropped quite a few, and I'll, I'll pick them up off the floor later on. Uh, but yeah, you, you know some high profile footballers. Uh, you, obviously, you've had a few out in Dubai that you've managed to play golf with. Who, who's who's up there with the best that you've had?
1: Mark Howard. <laughs>
2: You're making me blush.
1: <laughs> um, I played with. Played at Teddy Sheringham a couple of times in Dubai. Uh, that was pretty cool, again, as, United, as a United fan. Uh, Letitia, he's not a very popular figure at the moment. <laughs> 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 um, a Controversial figure. Um, nice guy. Played, played probably two or three times with him. Uh, I'd love to get on a golf course with Paul I'm a.
2: He loves his golf as he well. He does
1: love his golf, yeah. He does love his golf. Um, we've played... Oh, actually, Andy Carroll. Played Andy Carroll just before I left Dubai, actually. He plays cack-handed. No way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plays left, below, right. Absolutely just, he's massive, isn't he? Like, long leasers. He plays right-handed. He's left-footed, though. Plays right-handed, but he's got a left-handed. Yeah. But he plays cack-handed, but he's left-footed, isn't he? Yeah. So he kind of holds it left-handed. Yep. But plays right-handed. Wow. So, yeah.
2: There are some footballers that play like that. Uh, I think John Terry plays golf left-handed, but putts right-handed. I think that's right. Don't quote me on that. But I
1: think there are some people that yeah. play. John Derry plays left-handed. Yeah. He's a good player as well. Yeah, I've thing. heard that. Yeah. scratch golfer off. Yeah. Like three or four handicap.
2: There, there's, there's a few famous footballers that, like Jimmy Bullard that nearly yeah. went pro. Uh, I think he played in a few qualifying he, tournaments. He
1: tried to play. He played a couple of Euro Pro Tour events, didn't he? Um, John Joe Shelby was out in Dubai. I think he's a good, he's a good golfer. That eight handicap or something.
2: Uh, everyone thinks it's because we've got too much time on the hands.
1: Clearly is. <laughs>
2: talking about uh, open qualifiers. Uh-huh. Let, let's talk about yours. Uh, you qualified for the final stage of the open championship. Uh, you played against a famous figure as well. Was it you did play against Colin Montgomery, didn't you?
1: Yeah, he was in the he was in that he was in that field, yeah. So yeah. that was like I mean that's probably a career highlight to be fair. I won the I won the regional qualifiers at West Lanks. Shot one under. It's a tough
2: course as well. It's a
1: proper golf course that. So there's, there's a good it's a good feeling to walk off that course under par. That probably haven't shot under par since. Um, in, a, in a tournament. Um, amazing experience, but then to get, obviously after that, you then, chew, you kind of put in categories what where you want to play the, the final qualifying. So the closest to me was actually Hillside. I didn't get in at Hillside, so they sent me up to Glasgow. So I went to play Glasgow. Again. I was got there the night before and I'm having a practice round and Monty's in front of me. Um, and then on the day as well, I think he was probably three, three or four groups in front of me on the day. But like this, 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 this event was just littered with European tour players and challenge tour players. I literally had imposter syndrome. I was like, I shouldn't Didn't be. Didn't here. belong here. Nah. Should not be here. Like these boys are different, different level. And yeah, my golf also
2: <laughs> showed that as well. How did you get
1: on? Uh, not great. I shot I think at first round I shot about seven over. So that was me done. The leader after the first round shot ten under. First round. He literally could have given me a shot hole and beat me. Wow! <laughs> Ten under par it's Right, standard. Absolutely dad. ridiculous. Did you have
2: mat- pre-match nerves? Of, in football, we have a uh, when you're younger, it's a you, you suffer from it a lot more, especially yeah. playing in bigger stadiums, m- more
1: fans there. Um, weirdly enough, I remember I always remember because I was surprised as well. I didn't feel nervous. I don't know why. Um, I had one of the lads there, kind of videoing it so I could put it on YouTube and stuff, and I didn't feel that nervous. But the game plan I had was almost damage limitation from the start. Whereas at that level, that's just a one-day shootout. That's it. So the other lads are thinking, how low can I go to make sure I get in the open? I'm thinking, if I just keep this around level part, I might have a chance. This guy's obviously going out and going, right, if if I can shoot stupidly low, and he shot 10 under. So the minute, and the first hole was drivable, and I've hit like, I think I hit five iron off the tee, missed the green with a wedge, made bogey. Whereas lads are like going for it with three woods and drivers and trying to make eagles and birdies. It's just the mindset is just totally different. But that's, I would say that's elite level mindset. Whereas mine's kind of pro- professional mindset, like scratch golf, a good player mindset, but not that level. Yep. Like, which is, again, all professional sports, isn't it?
2: That's exactly it. It's a mindset. It's a how much you're willing to risk for the reward.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's got to be some footballers out there that would have been, could have been unreal that just didn't have the right mindset. I mean, you hear about quite a lot of them, to be fair. But. Yeah, there's
2: there's loads that are notorious for, for bad attitude yeah. or their life away from the pitch isn't quite mm-hmm. right to to kick them on to the next level. Uh, do you have any superstitions before you play golf? I used to, to be fair.
1: I used to, um, I used to always listen to Eminem, Eight Mile. Always, <laughs> I don't <know>. <laughs> so, <what>? so <laughs> strange. Dub that <laughs> over here. <laughs> I used to have it on repeat.
2: This answer we're going to dub the eight mile theme, theme tune in the back in the I soundtrack.
1: Thought, I think it used to get me pumped. I don't know why. It's, like, it's probably like, it's almost like I'm going for a run or something, but like. Got to lose yourself in the moment. Just got to lose yourself. Yeah. You just don't, you just get one shot. <laughs> <laughs> Do not let this chance go. Yeah, I was like, I used to always have that on repeat. God knows why. And then like.
2: That one shot was a hole in one. Yeah. That was it. it was part part three, visualization.
1: Par three start and I'm just like obsessed with like trying to be that was my version that was my way of getting in the zone but don't think it worked very often is that the
2: only superstition then
1: yeah that was pretty much it i was always trying to be conscious of what i should do like kind of nutritionally just to kind of keep energy and stuff um but yeah that was the only one i just sit there with my my earphones in and just listen to it and just listen to it man on the putting green
2: should we compare <laughs> pre-match meals then of football to golf. What was your usual routine before a round of golf? How long did you eat before? What did you eat?
1: This is where I used to think of it as probably similar to football where I'd just try and have like chicken and pasta. Bland food. Yeah, yeah. Just like chicken and pasta. Don't want any surprises while I'm out there. <laughs> 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 yep, that feeling. You know, It's a long time to be out there yeah. on a, on a, just surrounded by trees. Or a portal. So, yeah, definitely don't want to be going in one of those. So yeah, just like energy high energy foods and then also whilst being out there like trying to avoid chocolate and just be on like bananas and nuts and stuff it's
2: crazy how similar but, that that is obviously in football we normally eat three hours before a kickoff so that the, you've got time to digest it also time if it's going to make you ill it'll make you <laughs> ill and you've got plenty of time to worry about that but yeah it's typically it's toast bananas plain pasta plain chicken baked beans or scrambled egg and it's high energy. It's it, it's very bland, but that's just what we're all used to. That's yeah. what we're all ultraficion like, no. to. it's just that's what we do. And then as we build up to the game, we might have a banana. We might have some energy gels, or even some Haribo, just for a bit of sugar in the system.
1: I mean, Vardy doesn't do that, though, does he? No, he, drinks, just, he just, drinks
2: Red Bull port the night before. Port the
1: night before and Red Bull, isn't he? Yeah, what a legend.
2: last weekend he actually just downed downed a red ball during the game
1: yeah I got a lot of respect for that
2: (laughs) that is high energy that do you think the mentality of being a golfer and a goalkeeper are quite similar because we are an individual playing a team sport but Mm -hmm. so we go out there thinking more about how our own performance will correlate not how the team will perform
1: yeah yeah I'd say it kind of it does make sense i suppose you're from from our point of view it is following a following a routine we're not we're only in control of what we can do so if we're out there in a tour if we're out there in a tournament for example you can't control the other guy making ten birdies you can only control what what you're trying to do so it, get, it comes down to like decision making which is obviously key in both in both both, yeah. both areas um and then trying to trying to be consistent with the decision-making as well. Because at least then if you're, I think from my from my perspective, if I'm consistently making the same decisions and they're the right ones, you get better at doing it. Whereas obviously from a goalkeeper, if you come out and punch one and then you don't, and then defenders don't know if you, what you're doing, everyone's kind of a little bit all over the shop.
2: Yeah, but we talked about this out on the golf course that uh, everyone wants a goalkeeper to just be consistent that even if they do make mistakes, we have to just shrug it off and get on with the game because we can't go and score a goal or put it right. And in golf, it's very similar where if you hit a bad shot, you just need to worry about the next thing that you do and make sure that that's the correct decision, the best shot that you can hit. And in goalkeeping, it's exactly the same. We, if we make a mistake, it costs a goal, we have to shrug that off straight away and then think, right, the next time I get the ball, I'm just going to make a good decision or kick it well, make a good save and just be tidy again.
1: Any goalkeepers now that you kind of just watch like intensely and just go, I'd love everything he does?
2: Uh, Alisson at the moment is a beast, uh, at what he does. He's he's so big in his goal that anyone that goes through one on one with him, you're like, Oh, he'll save that, yeah. Um, but I used to love watching Edwin van der Saar, he was so cool and calm. Oh, this go back to your Man United stuff, but I think he moved to Man United at 37, yeah, yeah, won the Champions League at 39, and retired at 41. So he's someone that. I think everybody should look up to because he tried to make everything look very easy. He had every bit of his game was spot on. He's, he was unbelievable with his feet. His reading of the game was excellent. But even up into his 40s, he was still as agile as he ever was. Yeah. Uh, I think that composure that he showed in goal is something that is quite hard to get. Uh, But he clearly developed and got better and better. And I see some of the keepers in the Premier, Premier League now that are building towards that sort of level. I think Hugo Lloris is very calm, um, but he makes some unbelievable saves. But obviously Edison, the way he strikes the ball, everyone's got their own amazing one thing, and the rest of them are all seven or eight out of tens in the Premier League. Yeah, Jordan, yeah. Jordan Pickford's another one. His distribution is unreal.
1: Yeah, he's because um, he obviously England's number one for this summer. I know you had um, you had um, Ramsdale on first episode. He's the I think he was one. When he moved from it from Sheffield United, yep. When he moved to Arsenal, everyone was like, oh, "That's a bad move. He's not going to be number one." Literally, just went in, commanded it, and he looked—he looks unreal. He's like, to me, I'd have him ahead of Pickford, unless he needs another couple of seasons just to kind of bed himself in. But he makes some ridiculous saves. Yeah,
2: he does. I think it's a great argument. Uh, but Pickford's form for England—he's yeah—he's never let us down. No. Uh, I think that the way that he can play out from the back and. Also, the way that he takes on that pressure is yeah. amazing. But I think Aaron's exactly the same. I think he's got that in his locker. He's got a massive chest. He'll just puff that out and get on with it. Um, but yeah, there's loads of goalkeepers out there that you you do look at. I I love Black at Atletico Madrid. I think he's because of his clean sheet record. It's just ridiculous.
1: I Feel like we used to get linked with him every season. Yeah, Man United. Have, <laughs> yeah.
2: Man United do get linked with a goalkeeper every season. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is I mean, there anyone yeah. you'd like to see at Man United? Um, obviously the. De- David De Gea has done so well for you. He
1: has, yeah. He's done amazing. He always, and unfairly now, he just gets linked with moves away. It's almost like, oh, we're bored of him now. Let's get somebody else in. I think that's all it is with Man
2: United fans is they have got bored of him yeah. and if he makes one mistake he's like not the flavor of the month yeah, anymore. yeah he's he's been unbelievable for five or six seasons now he's won their player of the year award i think three or four years in a row yeah i
1: mean i could have won it those years but i mean <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> it's not an easy job <laughs> no it's like he was he's been unbelievable and still and to be fair still it's he he gets the odd oddness mis- i mean it, it's, it's typical kind of press isn't it like he gets makes one mistake and then suddenly he's not good enough and Obviously Roy Keane doesn't help on Sky occasionally, just absolutely goes through him constantly. But like as a as a consistent performer, he's exactly what you need. Yeah. I don't I honestly can't really think of someone now off the top of my head you go, yeah, we need to replace him with so and so. I don't think there's another there's not another goalkeeper out there kind of waiting in the wings to be like take over from there.
2: I I personally would love to see a Manuel Neuer come to the Premier League. Yeah, yeah. So someone like Man United could be a good fit with like what Van der Sar did at his age. Yeah. I think Manuel Neuer is thirty-six now. I think if he ever fancied a move away f- from the Bundesliga, I think that would be the perfect fit. If if that, de- I don't know where David de Gea would go though.
1: Do you think he's too comfortable just staying in that league?
2: No, I don't think it is. I think that he's got that much pride of playing for his hometown club. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't oh, actually, I don't know if it is his hometown club, but he's been there for so long. Yeah. He's captain, captain of Germany. I think it's that. That mentality that he has is just keeps on pushing him to win medals for them.
1: Yeah, that like he's got that legendary status, doesn't he? Yeah. doesn't want to leave. Don't maybe just don't want to lose it.
2: Yeah, probably that. But I think that if someone like him was to come to the Premier League, it would be unbelievable yeah, just to see.
1: Good character. He's, yeah, he's had some howlers though. Imagine if he made some of those howlers in in a Premier League game, they would go. The press would be absolutely all over him.
2: Yeah, I don't think they would. I think that I think he so. he has a slightly different status to I a lot of goalkeepers. It. Yeah, that everyone knows the way he plays in goal so he'd carry a certain gravitas and people would go well that's just the way he plays and you, you've got to take those risks
1: sweeper keeper
2: coming towards the end but what are what sort of stuff are you looking forward to doing uh content wise on youtube uh are you looking to get a lot more footballers involved
1: so yeah so 2023 I'm wanting to I've, and I've always had this idea since before I even went to Dubai I actually found the old trailer for it that I'd made before I even went to Dubai golf versus football so I would love to kind of get down to training grounds take on some like for example i come down come down to Wrexham training ground I have five penalties against you you wouldn't score one don't reckon <laughs> I've heard
2: about you passing at Old Trafford,
1: mate. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, no! I'd send you that. the eyes would send you the wrong way every time. That I'll finish with a little dink down the middle. Nice. <laughs> the um, five five penalties versus a goalkeeper, and then you can kind of go five chips, so you can see so see if you can match my penalties to chips. And then I love the idea of goalkeeper kick to the centre circle. To or to a target on the center line versus me hitting a golf shot.
2: Yeah, like foot golf.
1: Yeah, but then swapping over. Yeah. So then I so then I kick and you play the golf shot. So like some kind of proper golf versus football challenges that are almost direct, direct synergy across the two of them. So we've got a couple of clubs lined up for for next year. So that's the that's the plan to really to really go into golf and football much more often. Because so my two. Two biggest sporting passions I'm absolutely obsessed with. Football, Hopefully I can so. get
2: you down to Wrexham to experience this. But I, I've got this thing that I'd love to go and goal while someone from the other end, of, like a goalie wars type thing where I've talked about in the past where we take shots at each other from 18 yards. I'd love someone to hit a golf ball at me from the other side of the pitch and see if I can pick up the flight and save it. <laughs> I don't know why. I just think well, it's the madness in a goalkeeper. That, I'm up for that yeah, stinger driver. Yeah, <laughs> what speed does a golf ball travel at?
1: Um, if you're Rory McIlroy, it leaves the club at 180 miles yeah, an hour. I'm not saving that. <laughs> you want to hope he's missed you. Yeah. <laughs> but wow. I think from the other end of the pitch, you might have a bit more time to yeah, get. Yeah, from it. 100 metres away. Yeah, mm, it's not worth the risk. Maybe wait till you've retired. Yeah, <laughs> I'd definitely have a face mask but, on for that. <laughs> yeah, you get, you get the full ice hockey gear on. Yeah. Don't <laughs> just start pinging balls at you. <laughs> well,
2: Peter Cech did go and goal in ice hockey. <laughs> and he experienced that, so... <laughs> That would, be, that would be a good one to watch that. <laughs> right. This has been the Yours Mine Away podcast. Thank you to 2K for sponsoring this episode of the pod. Stay tuned for a giveaway of the PGA Tour 2K23 game. What a guest Andy has been. Head over to YouTube and watch me challenge him stupidly at golf. Uh, thank you very much, Andy, for coming on. Thank you for having me. Please go like and subscribe both channels uh, and give us a five-star rating if you fancy it. Thanks a lot, guys.
1: What a save for Mark Allen.